Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Night time, you're supposed to be in your dress whites, gentlemen. <laughs> oh my god, that is fantastic. Hey everyone, welcome back to My Ship Story Podcast. Eric here with the usual suspect of Scott and Brad. Uh Brad, how's it going? Any news? What what are you up to? Oh yeah, well, I don't know if you noticed, but um I shaved for the first time. I did. I was really like, something time. looks a little weird. <laughs> I couldn't. It's my face. It it's my face. It's that it's yeah. my face. It looks weird. I'm reminded now why I keep a beard and I <laughs> I don't shave because I look extremely old now. And <laughs> and on top of that, uh, I went to the casino on Sunday, the Lucky Star Casino in Watonga. Uh-oh. I was just. I, no, I was feeling it. I was feeling it. I'd been there the week before and did really well. And so I thought I'd go and try it again. And I was playing this one machine. And I was uh, I was hanging in there. I'd uh, kind of gotten down a little bit. I'd gotten uh, about $100 down and um, I had to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom, went to the bar, got me something to drink, came back. was going to start this machine again. And there was a guy sitting there with security all around him. <laughs> he had hit a big jackpot. <laughs> On this the machine day. you were on, <laughs> the machine that I was going, that I was on, that I was oh. going back to play. Although, I mean, I know that that's not because it's always a random number generator, so it does it doesn't really matter. But I was I was really <laughs> bad. And the reason that I'm I'm go, started going on Sundays is because the last week I was there, I heard them. They did this announcement. It, it's Senior Day. Sundays are Senior Day. Anyone <laughs> 55 or older gets a $10 free pay. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I want my $10, but I don't want to be in the senior program. Oh, that's too funny. Oh, that, it's, it's just been one painful thing after another. Well, you know, and that's why I, I've been meaning to shave too, because my beard is so gray now that I'm like, okay, well, if I shave it off, then maybe I'll look younger, but I'm afraid it's going to have the opposite effect. Yeah. Although I might be able to keep the mustache a little longer. That's still. I would I'd go with mustache. I like this, the mustache, where, kind of a Lequilenza, kind of a Lequilenza. Yeah, the Freddie Mercury mustache all the way down. Well, see, that's that's the part that's still black or dark or whatever. It's that, just yeah. the sides and the chin. So I think if Brad yeah. shaved his Leather. beard, both of you guys should shave it all off. It looks like you got a haircut. It looks great. But I think, uh, I mean, personally, I think Brad looks like, you know, he's in his, you know, um, really young, like in his, you know, mid 50s. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think well, I think you look like in your 40s. Eric, I could only imagine with that, all of that. Uh, uh, hair fuzz, you'd probably look in in your forties as well. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> uh, Scott, what's going on with you? Um, nothing much. Just finished filming a, another forty-eight hour film race horror splatter gore. I'm not really a fan of gore splatter stuff. I like scary, but you know that's what we drew and had a great time. Had a fun time in Falls Valley filming until I tried to get a really great shot about three o'clock in the morning. And zoomed in with my drone to a water tower, not realizing how fast I was going. And I hear this boom as my drone 
my nice expensive drone oh, went head no. on into a water tower 500 feet up oh no did Oops. it destroy it oh it's non-repairable oh man like it See, hit it and my battery went this way and my drone went this way fell 300 feet down onto the main road everything is See, I want to get a drone so bad, but I know that that's the first thing that's going to happen. I'm going to take it up within five seconds and crash it into something and destroy it. Well, I can tell you, don't fly after dark because you know <laughs> when you when I, when you do a take off, I have all these safeguards. Uh, the water tower did not have any lights on it or anything. Well, when you when you when you take when you are when you hit take off, it flashes a big red screen. Don't take off. You're, you know, you're after hours, it's dark, all the sensors, because I have forward sensors, underneath sensors and side sensors to prevent it to run into trees and stuff like that. It says all sensors disengage because you're flying at dark. Do you accept this risk? And you hit yes. And it says, are you sure you accept this risk? And you hit yes again. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Boom. Oh, man. I found the SD card out of the drone. 25 feet away in the street, and but I got the shot. You did? Yeah. Oh, wow. At least you got, got the shot. They didn't put it in. Oh. <laughs> Lucky fuckers. <laughs> anyway, so we have a, a, a special guest, a close friend of mine, and somebody who I got to know really well because this is my former roommate on Majesty of the Seas and purser, Rob Malden. Welcome to the show, Rob. Hey, fellas. How's it going? It's so good to see you. And for those of Looking you just good. listening, Rob is wearing a full purser outfit. I don't know if he's wearing pants, but he's a jacket. <laughs> this is the top half for Zoom. So the it's top the, half. <laughs> the Zoom portion of a purser uniform. And he looks looks very good on you, Rob. Brings back memories. How many, where'd how you, many, where'd how you, many, you get those bars? Where'd you get all those bars? The, the, these were uh, graduated from uh, Disney Cruise Line bars when I had to go in and fill in as a hotel director a couple of times. Oh, sweet. So you snagged oh, wow. them. Yes. Nice. Wow. I was going to say, nice, how many nice people thing. hate you that you could still fit into anything back from those days? <laughs> Well, it's the, the the buttons down below the screen are not really buttons. That, uh, <laughs> I'm in maximum density for this particular uniform. Um, I saw you last. I want to say a couple of years, but I know it's more than two years because it was. I, I my time is really skewed these days. Where I think something happened a year or two ago, and it was like more like five. <laughs> but you came through Nashville. You're taking your daughters on some uh, a tour of uh, college tours. Yep, and do you remember when that was? Gosh, it's got to be more than five years at this point. Because have they? Has your older daughter? Has you graduated college yet? No, no, no. She's she's halfway through. So Madison, okay. my twenty-two year old. So right. she's halfway through. I think it was probably like four or five. Because wasn't she eighteen yet? I thought. Yeah, she was. It was probably right before her junior year. So that would be four years ago. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, not too not bad. too bad. But it, yeah, it was great to see you uh, and Diane and, and, and meet your kids. So why don't we go into how you got, like, I remember a little bit, but so everybody listening, how did you get started working on ships? How did that come about? Gotcha. So hello, everyone. My name is Rob Malden, and this is my ship story. Uh, <laughs> so it actually starts with um, someone you probably, some of you know, Eric, I know you know Mike Webster yeah. or Webby, yes. who is also a purser. So Mike and I were roommates in college. Both of us wanted Baylor to Baylor Bears. Do what? What Baylor Bears? Yep, Sikkim Bears, Baylor Bears. That's right. 
Yeah. So Mike and I were both finance majors coming out of Baylor. And in the in 89, 90, when we graduated, there were no finance jobs in Texas. So we decided we we're going to go get jobs in Florida. We came to Orlando, actually, oddly, and found no jobs. I went back to Texas. He went back and stayed with his grandparents in Tampa. And fast forward six or nine months, Mike actually cracks the code and gets a job on board at Royal Caribbean on the Nordic Empress. He makes it about, he makes it through, I think, one contract and he calls me on a Tuesday and says, oh my gosh, a purser just got fired. Can you be here on Friday? And I was sitting around in Texas and just doing kind of odd jobs at the time because I was just out of college trying to figure out what I was going to do. So I sent uh, a, a, a picture and a fax of my resume to, I think what's, it was Mark Pratt. What's, what's a fax? What's yeah. That? yeah, for those of you under like, 20 or over 25, you would know what a fax is, but sent that on a Wednesday, had one phone call on a Thursday, caught a plane, landed in Miami, hopped the Nordic Empress on a, on a uh, Friday. Uh, so it wow. was like a wham, bam, jump on board. And I think the, the exact same story that I've heard from some of your other guests, it was go downstairs, put on this, put on your uniform, come up to the desk. Here's a cruise compass, go out there and answer questions. <laughs> and it's like, you have no idea what's going on. You, you you quickly learn where the bathrooms are and where you go change your dining re reservations. And that's about it. And then you kind of muddle through your first day at work. Where where in Texas are you originally from? So I'm from Arlington, Texas, right? DFW okay. area. So I went to Arlington right. High. Arlington right? Speedway. Exactly yeah. right. And so how did you avoid a Texas accent? It's kind of weird. It's like that. So I grew up in North Carolina until I was 12 and then Texas all the way through college. And then now I'm in Florida. And for some reason, my kind of Southern accent and Texas twang kind of blended away. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know exactly how it happened. I don't remember you having a Southern accent when, when we roomed together, but um, I did pick up y'all from living in Nashville and I actually just really like it. So I use it all the time. I write it, I text it, I say it. I don't necessarily say it with a Southern accent, but uh, I, 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 don't, I just mean a Southern accent just doesn't really work. Do you remember the date, your join date? Because we all tend to remember that pretty well. So let's see. So it would have been, it would have been 91. I'm not exactly sure the the month and the era. I, I remember it was before the holidays um, that I, I had to hop the ship. Well, let's go into your, some of your ship stories about what oh, happened yeah, on board. Got, oh, there's a, well, I <laughs> probably should start with some of the stories that I was allegedly Told read into from from some of your previous guests because oh, I have watched yes. some previous uh, some previous episodes, so I can confirm from the Cindy Clark episode that it was me that dumped a dancer into the pool while wearing the cast <laughs> at the Marriott after a night of consuming adult beverages. I can also consume that his cast was waterproof, so it well, was that's a detail we didn't have. Yes, it was. <laughs> Uh, it was a special kind of cool cast that he had, and I was pushing him, pushing him back to the to the room after the bar closed, and and whatever that little bar pub was that you had to you could go from the Marriott through like the pool deck, and it was like into the next door building. It's like a little Irish pub or something that we all used to hang out at. To this day, I have no idea who the dancer was that had the broken foot or broken leg. His name was um, Brett. It wasn't it Brett, Brett? Scarpucci? It's yeah. Brett Scarpucci. Yeah, that's who I believe it was. Yeah. Oh, there you go. 
that that that'll help connect some of the story. So that's oh my good god, I'm gonna have to get Brett on here now. Yeah, so Brett, so yeah. that was sorry, Brett. That was me <laughs> way back when. That there was a couple of stories between uh, like Cindy and Jen Block, and there were some yeah. wet dock stories of driving back and forth in convertibles. And there is video that actually recorded some uh, flashing on I-95 on the way back from <laughs> Coconut Grove back to the Port of Miami. And so just to confirm some of those stories, but those were good ones. The I mean, a lot of the stories that you saw that started on cruises. <laughs> like it's a started, <laughs> Rob's a for, zoom for, bro. For, for, he's for, gonna for, tell for, us a story <laughs> and he's putting up video not video but uh like a powerpoint up. presentation so a PowerPoint. Little, little powerpoint right yeah. so for, for those of you that that can't see this he's got a green he's got his green screen settings on there so he's telling us a story decked out in his purser whites and behind this him we can awesome. see a picture of uh, <laughs> there's cindy there's james new guy i don't know who the person in the middle that's is that's jason morton okay. uh, oh diver jason uh, no, I know Purser Jason. No. Purser Jason. Purser Jason. No. Okay. So, so Jason came on to one of our. Yeah, Jason came on to one of our chats, the first chat we did, because I had never met Jason, <laughs> but I had heard a lot about him, and he was on one of our chats that we did, like with multiple people. I have anyway, a go ahead. I have a question. Is Cindy passed out? Cindy, <laughs> well, well, the, the story like on, she's over on this side is kind of the beginning of the night story <laughs> as we all started, right? So this was Fog Watch for uh oh, yeah. james and jason right so they had, they successfully completed their fog watch so we were doing shots in the purser's office and that's kind of how the night started and then the night here with cindy clark and this <laughs> is may have been the photo where she actually got her name cindy coors light clark um uh, but this that's was a very good photo of the coors light being handed this, over yeah this was this was it, I, Eric. I think this was in our room on was the it? Majesty. Oh, so that was, picture, yeah. So ninety two seven eleven ninety two. Yeah. yeah, that was in our cabin. Yeah. You know, if you if you scoot over to your left, like right there. Okay, yeah. when I saw that picture, I thought Jason was handing a beer backwards right. to Cindy, and she was already. <laughs> oh, that's out. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that it was two pictures. Oh wow! So it's like so. These are the kind of stories that I remember. Is like the Eric. I mean, we had when I was dating my now wife, uh, Diane Meyer. She was the head youth counselor on the Majesty. And so we had access to all of the accoutrement from the youth staff. So we went and got a ton of lays from like their Hawaiian night. And we taped them all up on the walls down our hallway and all of the purser's cabins. It was a progressive drinking party, right? So every cabin right. had a, a, a drink in there. And that's how the night started. It was a liquor till you get laid party. There was at some point in the night, it was who was the was it Smitty? Who was the hotel director and the chief and the um chief steward? I I remember somewhere deep into the night, we had gone and made jello shots up in the officer's mess and brought down like 200 jello shots, and oh, none man. of the Norwegians wow. knew what jello shots were. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were just like putting them away. And we were just like, oh, this is going to get serious here in a little bit. Um, <laughs> and then the next morning, Eric and I woke up in our room. The carpet was like soaking wet. Like it was like someone just, and it, I think we had to pay like $100 or $200 to the steward to come vacuum out our carpet just so we could <laughs> um inspection. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I, I don't remember. I don't remember that part, but 
you know, honestly, I was probably so drunk that I just don't remember the end of the night because there's a lot of these stories that as we talk through them, that memories like start to come back. But that's not one I had at the front of my brain at all. <laughs> well, and and I don't know if any of your other guests have harassed your co-host because they lived with him. <laughs> but uh, Eric was was fairly notorious on the majesty that it, it was it wasn't unusual for me to open the door to go to work and Eric would be slumped in the hallway with like a room service sandwich in one hand and his key in the other and he just that, couldn't quite make it across the finish line to get back into the room that was so once missed maybe twice that much maybe twice but i do but, but i could tell that story all day long and it is like unless you're there to refute it yeah. it's gonna be a lot no i it did have it, i will i will fess up it did happen I remember one or two times because somebody took a picture. I think it was you who took a picture of me just sitting there, passed out with my key in one hand and the my half a, <laughs> half an eaten sandwich in the other because I couldn't open the door. I was just too drunk to get it open. Yeah, the majesty though is like it was a great crew, fun people. We were having a lot of a ton of fun. When were like, you on the stories... majesty? Sorry, say it again. What when were you on the majesty? It was 92. It was the last year. I think I did three contracts before I kind of matriculated shoreside um and it was i mean we just had fun it was like the that we had one night in the it was rock and roll night up and we'd all go up to the to topsiders on that second floor up to the very top deck and there was a bar up there um because unlike disney cruise line at royal caribbean you you could actually drink on on you mean paint paint your wagon it was a paint your wagon yeah there you go Yeah. yeah and so we went and um well neil sybil was our chief purser oh Right. Oh and God. Robert Taggart was the food and beverage manager. And Neil had been drinking gosh knows how long. And he comes up to the bar where all we were all sitting, pounds on the bar and says, I want 50 blowjob shots. And we were all looking at him like, oh, my gosh, we were all. There's only lit. five of us. <laughs> yeah. And so the bartender was making these shots as quick as they can. And we were kind of drinking them and having fun. And we kind of we finished them off and we're like, whoosh, well, we got through that. And Robert Taggart walks up, um, who was the food and beverage manager. And he's like, what's going on? And we were all laughing, saying, well, Neil just ordered 50 blowjob shots. And Robert's like, 50 more. And so we did <laughs> after like five or six of those You're And because the, the hardcore folks, we were trying to trying to keep up with the bartender. We kind of <laughs> crawled downstairs. And I think that night, Eric, I think the night before when Neil Sybil had to come up to pay all the Shorex folks in Mexico and we couldn't find him because he had kind of gone down and ended up on like deck zero or deck one and passed and, out somewhere and we couldn't find him. And so this all is the, the all, chief purser. This, this is, is the, the chief purser. purser. <laughs> I he was by far the chief person that I drank the most with. And he would like, I mean, there were some times where I was like, okay, I'm not gonna drink tonight. And he would come to my cabin and get me out of the cabin and say, Come on, let's go. You're coming drinking. He is the instigator that got me drunk for the popcorn popper story. He was the Neil's great. He was so he was chief purser when I when I resigned from Royal Caribbean, I had gotten gotten a job for flagship games. So I don't know if anybody right. knew Flagship. That was the bingo folks that did bingo the for Bonnie Royal bingo. Caribbean. Bonnie, Bonnie bingo. bingo. Yep. Yeah. For anybody that knew Bonnie. So I got hired to go work in their office and kind of do finance and accounting and kind of the business development side of Flagship. And when I resigned, I was like, Neil, what do I need to do to resign? Because I've got another job. He's like, just write me a little resignation letter. 
put it on my desk. I'll take a look at it and then you can correct it and I can send it in. And then I had, and I had it signed underneath my signature as a joke. I had typed Viva Lanil on my resignation letter, thinking that he would laugh at it and then give it back to me. Well, I go back the next day <laughs> and he's like, I sent it in. And I'm like, what do you mean you sent it in? He's like, oh yeah, I went ahead and I faxed it in and I, I put it in the, in the bullet to go shore side. So it's like, you're good. You're covered. I'm like, did you read it? He's like, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Um, and so somewhere in my Royal Caribbean file is this little letter that says Viva Lanil right under the salutation of my resignation letter. Hey, I have wow. to uh, go back to your wife, Diane. I, I'm very good friends with your wife, Diane, back in yep. the in the uh, youth counselor days, back with uh, Diane and Penny and Lisa and Terry. I can't remember her last name. Yep. But yeah, we used to go up there and, and you know they would order pizzas, like the little bitty kid pizzas and stuff, like 50 of them, even though they had like five kids on board or something. <laughs> no, that was one of the the other benefits of dating a youth counselor because they would have um, the best food, snacks, the best food, and they'd have all kinds of soda and candy, and then they'd have pizza night for the kids. So it was like whenever you needed food, you could just kind of swing by the teen club and grab pizza. You have to get Diane on here and tell us some stories. I she's she's around. She's a, she's in there working. She's teaching now. Uh, oh, really? So she's in there doing lesson plans, I think. Have her like, at least come say hello, and then we'll book her for another date. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we can have some Diane stories. Oh, yeah. There, there are some very good stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she, um, she was on board at Rural Caribbean longer than me. And then I kind of transitioned to, uh, actually, were Michael you on Bailey. the same time I was there? Like, I was on yeah. March yeah. to 92 for two years. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, well, I would definitely would have been there. Okay. So Rob was the the first like assistant person they came on that was not part of the inaugural. I was like, so the he first came relief. on like so he was one of the first people to come on to uh, relief. It was probably no more than like a month or well, probably a couple months Maybe after a couple the months, uh, yeah after the inaugural that that he came on. So he, we were all, all three of us. Whoa! And Brad, did you ever work with Rob? No, 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 Brad. I I I searched my memory banks and I think we missed each other. Yeah, we missed but it time. must have been just because Brad came on the Majesty in '93. No, I when you were so. second person, because because I was on there and, until '94, and I don't remember you. Yeah, it's, no, and it would have been. I think I did one contract, and that's when I got hired off. Um, and then lived in Fort Lauderdale for like three years, working for flagship. Oh wow, was it that long? Three years? It was three years. Yeah, I was uh, lived in Fort Lauderdale, working for those guys, and then it was it was kind of getting boring and it was Diane and I were kind of like do something or, or don't do something like right. make up your mind. Right. And she had gotten off ships and we were living together. And then we were having oh, dinner one in, night. I remember in plantation, Florida, in plantation, Florida at the plantation <laughs> yeah. racket club, Eric or, or uh, Rob, were you guys on majesty when we had set the bingo up, they, they decided rather to do it on the floor, they wanted it on the stage. And so we we set everything up on the stage and we didn't know that the wheels had brakes or anything. And so when the when the ship was rocking and turning and stuff, everything like the back of it and the thing goes oh, right like over face plant, like all the way. The I was not working so that session of that, bingo. That's no, well, that, that next Sunday is when we first met Bonnie. She came on to bring on more stuff. I, I want to know what you did for flagship. Like how did, how did that work? What did you do? What, what was. So it was, so when I got hired, I was doing all of their kind of office admin. So I was doing all their finance, payroll, AR, AP, 
And um, the person that, that left was the VP of finance. So I was doing everything kind of small business related for them. But I was also doing all the audits that were coming shoreside when people, when all the, because I was a purser for three years. So I knew exactly how to bend the bingo paperwork to actually say whatever you wanted it to be. As, as soon as you knew what the formula was, which was pretty easy, it was easy to manipulate. But I mean, the flagship was a necessary evil at the time. I think when flagship got installed, revenue went up like 100%. It well, did. I remember. Profit like, went up 100%. Because our commissions went up and we used to all fight to do bingo because it was like, it was very profitable during that time when I was on the Majesty. Yep. Very nice commission yeah, on the bingo. Now, okay, so now, is this is this picture on the Majesty? This is the mat. This yeah, oh, there's this Lucille. Yes, this is the Majesty. So what okay. I don't understand is how I am not in this picture. I don't know. I I don't know either. You were still you in the hall there, with right? your sandwich and your key. <laughs> no, because I'd never worked with Al Cofino. so I must have signed off for like a, a week or two or a few weeks, and that's when Al came on. Because so maybe I you were with, like working the desk or something, and the, you were the only person on the desk. Because yeah, this maybe is the Majesty. because I don't. I worked with every single person in this photo. Yeah, every and single person. Look at how many people in that photo have been on the on the show, and how many uh, people we want to get on the one, show. Two, uh, we've had like four on there from the yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, Pablo, Claudine Pablo. will come on. Who's yeah. the Who's the guy right above Cindy to the left? That there, that's, that's me, Rob. Oh, that's oh, me. Oh, well, okay. Um, oh my gosh, I remember Look how you now. youthful <laughs> with hair. I had to have hair. hair. <laughs> yeah, who's the, the dark glasses all the way in the back? That's Erica from America. That's oh, Erica yeah. O'Brien. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have cool. to clarify the, the OG Erica from America. <laughs> all right, we have we have another guest of the guest. Oh my goodness. Hi, Diane. Hi. Hi. Great Diane. to see you. Hi, Eric. Hi. Hi. It's been. We we were just talking how we have to um, we have to book you um, for a separate episode, but we wanted to say hi. But yeah. we definitely now that we have you there, how about next week, next Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, we have next Tuesday and Wednesday open. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're just talking about the uh, the pizzas and Penny and Terry and Diane and Lisa and BB and. And the whole the whole gang. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we we need... should get all of us. Yeah. We've had BB on the show. We've had Penny on the show. I I know I listened to Penny's. I hadn't yeah. heard BB's yet. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. You just have to awesome. press play with her. Mm-hmm. And it's just go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's hear let's hear another ship story. So the um oh how about the transition ship? So after flagship, actually Michael Bailey got me my job at Disney Cruise Line. So oh, we really? were Diane and I were having dinner with Michael and Stacy at the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Michael, um, the person that sat in the cubicle right next to Michael Bailey in the office, his name's Jim Heaney. He was in finance at Royal. He went to start the finance department at Disney Cruise Line. And he was looking for a financial analyst, someone that knew ships. Faxed my resume again up to Orlando. Three or four or five months later, got a job, moved up to Disney, or up to Orlando, got a job at Disney Cruise Line. And spent my first probably nine or 10 years at Disney Cruise Line, started in finance and then hotel operations. Probably the only person you know that got promoted from a one stripe front desk purser. And then their <laughs> next shipboard role was hotel director. Because um, I got to that's quite a jump. That's how I got the uniform because I was the manager of hotel operations 
shoreside. And when the hotel directors would go on vacation during 9-11 days, when we were short on staffing, I would go fill in for uh, while they were on vacation. So how was that experience of all of a sudden being hotel manager, hotel director? It was crazy because the- Could you drink as much? Could you drink as much? You you didn't actually drink as much because you were busy all the time. And plus- the like 725 of the 900 crew on board all worked for you. So every, there were eyes on you all the time, right? Yeah. And passengers, you were walking around with four stripes. Passengers didn't know if you're the captain or the hotel director. They just knew you were walking around with four stripes. So you couldn't go anywhere on the ship because you the the crew would talk to you everywhere and passengers would talk to you everywhere. So did you end up supervising somebody who used to manage you at Royal? Like yep. there was a bunch of people from Royal that went over there that may not have been to hotel director yet. Yeah, it was. So Mandy was manager of guest services when I was hotel director filling in. When That's I was awesome. the manager of hotel Shoreside, Ozer mm-hmm. Bally was yeah. the hotel director Shoreside. So I was his kind of Shoreside peer, right? Uh-huh. So his... um and Ozer's now the VP of hotel operations at DCL. But he was oh, like wow. Ozer, Teresa Bally, Shelly Goldwidiak, Kara Callahan, who I think has been on your show as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dorothy uh, Burton's did. did a, oh, she a, went over there too? She did a couple of tours as well. I didn't yeah. know Dorothy went I didn't to Disney. Know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Oh, she's, a, she's great. I love oh, Dorothy. Oh, she's great. I think she only yeah. did a contract or two. But yeah, Mandy and Shannon are still there. I thought Mandy retired. I think she retired, but I thought she was looking to come back. But oh, really? Uh, I know Shannon's still working. I love it that Nashville's become a popular city because people come through here. So I had lunch with both of them a few. It was, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago. One of my best Disney Cruise Line jobs was Diane and I got to go to Italy when they were building the Disney Wonder. And so we mm-hmm. lived right outside of Venice in oh, hotels wow. while they were building yeah. for like seven months <gasps> that um, long oh wow. man that's so it, was, it was great it was pre-kids and so diane <laughs> like um quit school and disney hired her to mm-hmm. work kind of in hr really what she did is she drove the van back and forth from the shipyard <laughs> to the airport the bread truck because i was the only one that knew how to use a stick shift Oh, wow. That's the same thing that happened to me. I was the only American with all these Europeans. And guess who drove the the van back and forth from the village to the shipyard? Me. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck are these roundabouts all about? I I just, I don't, uh, the only thing I know is just give it hell just all the way through. That's all I knew. And I was sent there to be like the cost control guy. So she would listen to all the stories of the people coming in for like the 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 Disney office staff and all the people coming over. And they're like, I'd better get a good hotel room and I'd better get a nice rental car and a and get a, a, a European cell phone. And she would just be like, well, you're about to meet my husband who's going to tell you no to all that. <laughs> and he's going to tell you where you're sleeping and you do not get a rental car. You can take the van. It was but it was great. I mean, we lived in the in Italy for what, seven months and just had a ball. I mean, were you based in Monfalcone? Or no, Trieste? it was uh, Marghera, right? I mean, like oh, the right there, right outside right of Venice. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was great. I haven't been to Venice. I need to go. You, you oh, should go. It's yeah. my favorite place. My Yeah. Yeah, definitely my favorite place. Just nothing like Venice. Oh, it was, it was beautiful. And to be on the company's dime, it was, it was a fabulous place to be. 
That's awesome. This that's, is kind of awesome. off the subject a tiny bit, but in Venice, like in, in the middle of the whole pandemic and stuff, they were showing because, of, you know, the whole world stopped turning pretty much. They were showing um, the Venice Canal and all of the uh, um, the water and stuff. Oh, was yeah. Completely. All the sediment had settled and you could see all the way down to the bottom. I, I didn't I, I thought it was just always like that sediment and dirt and stuff stirred up. But I thought that was wild. Anyway, it was more dirt when we were there. my best job at disney cruise line was manager of shipboard revenue because i got to do all the fun stuff without having to deal with all the cost side of things so i spent the last 10 years at disney running their souvenir photo operation so i was basically i ran their photo operation at walt disney world and disneyland i mean that's you know we we saw each other a few times out in california when when you were going out there which was really cool so it was a couple of times, I think. I don't remember exactly. I mean, that was way back. But yeah, it was it was great to be able to travel out there for Disneyland and see yeah. people that were out there. Yeah, yeah. So, so going back to the ships and stuff on your when you were playing around in the islands and stuff, do you ever almost miss a ship or uh, any stories like that? I miss the ship, the Viking Serenade ship? in California um, when it was in a dry dock, and they told us that it was going to leave at some time. I can't remember what, and we went shopping in san diego wait was the dry dock in san diego or is it in san pedro i mentioned it was in san diego probably it was san diego i remember yeah. going shopping that day at the one yeah yeah outdoor shopping center we came back and the ship was out in the water <laughs> it had, they decided to pull it out earlier than they had told us um so i'm like it's not my fault and, and, and we, i don't even remember who i was with we convinced some little fisher rental boat guy to take us to the ship and um we had to be hoisted up from this little tiny ship up into the the opening wherever throw all our shopping bags up and then climb up yes would you ever have that eric did you ever have to catch luggage they bring luggage out on the pilot boat and they throw it up no i never had to do that well yeah no i do remember some luggage trips that way but the only time that i remember like it was actually Webster and I almost missed the ship and we had to jump onto the gun port that was open. The gangways were all up and they weren't. And there was just like the only way that we were going to get on board was jumping. And luckily the gun port was still open because they were still loading some supplies and Webster and I had to jump through. It was my last week on board and Webster was replacing me and we went golfing <laughs> in St. Thomas. Got drunk. I couldn't play anymore. I'm so bad at golf and I was drunk and I ran out of I ran out of balls. I kept losing a golf ball so i had to i couldn't play anymore hey so do you have any other stories for us rob let's see it's like i think we hit most of them i remember and i think it was you who told me that when you first went to disney like they couldn't understand like all the for lack of a better facilitating payments yes facilitating payments or we wouldn't use the word bribes but you know at every port um we'd have to you know liquor cigarettes and stuff and when you went first to disney they were like no we can't do that Right. That Wasn't was my, that first, like my that? very first meeting with a Disney attorney. It was two attorneys, it was an immigration attorney uh-huh. and a, a corporate attorney and my boss's boss, the VP of finance, who was also from Royal Caribbean, Tom McAlpin, who's now uh-huh. the president at Virgin Voyages. I was explaining to the Disney attorneys how to bribe customs and immigration officials. Um, and, and they were like, "What? we can't do this. It's like, just to be clear, we cannot do this. And I'm like, you don't have to do this. It's like the ship eventually will get cleared, probably last. But it's like the, but, but I'm just telling you what the practice is. It's a yeah. bottle of Jack Daniels here. It's a bottle of Marlboro Red hard packed cigarettes over there. 
And I'm just telling you, that's what the currency was when I was there. Maybe it'll be different when our ships are done. And they were just like, they were such in a tizzy of like, we cannot do that. We cannot bribe government officials. And I was like, <laughs> I agree with you. I'm again, I'm not bribing government officials. I'm the ship is you, not going to leave, but okay. I'm just telling you what I observed. So did they eventually come around to the idea or no, they never caved? I know. I think they, I think they drew a nice bright line and just kind of never got into the practice. And it was a little dicey. It was like when the, when the Disney magic came over, when the first was their first ship and it came over, the ship was not done, right? They piled on 150, 200 <laughs> contractors onto the ship. As usual, as and, usual. And we leave Lisbon and I get a call from one of the Disney uh, general managers of the hotel guys that was on. He's like, we don't know who's on board the ship. And I was just like, what do you mean? Who's there? Is like, you, you need to send a manifest back to Lisbon because that was due like a day ago. And he's like, but we don't know where everyone is. What can we do? And I was like, lock all the doors. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, tomorrow morning, you're going to do a full check-in and just lock every door, lock everyone out of their room. And that's what we did. We went and we we shut all the doors in the guest rooms off. Wow. And we made everybody come in and check in. Come and check in. And, and we were like, we were finding process Polish of elimination layers and like Italian <laughs> like cabinetry people and we were like holy crap I hope this guy has a visa holy shit it was, shit. It was uh, so I, I remember when we did crew check because you remember you come in mm -hmm. you got to do a full check yeah and it was all oh, yeah. the crew and all these contractors right and right. so I was standing there was me and the Disney immigration attorney and the Disney Cruise Line corporate attorney, we stood there the whole crew check. And I was just like, okay, watch this guy. I think he's got one entry left on his visa. We just got to get him off the ship. And he was like, okay, he made it through. Okay, we dodged a $5,000 bullet. <laughs> and somehow immigration let us go. And there was no fines and anything. I was, we were amazed. Wow. That, that's just, on. I mean, that's nuts. Wow. Well, we wow. had the, on the Disney Wonder, the, the, the main purser safe on the Magic was too small. So they ordered a larger safe for the Disney Wonder, but they didn't measure the door. <laughs> so they get the safe all the way to the door and they couldn't get it through the door into the back office to get into the purse's office. <laughs> and so I get a call and I'm like, we can't get the safe in there. And it's, it's sitting in the lobby. And I'm like, how is this my problem? So uh, like, what, what, what did you do? And so they, and so we went and we found some um, carpenters and they and they kind of got their tape measures out and they were like, we can make it fit. And we were like, what are you going to do? And he's like, you don't want to know, but I can make it fit. And we were just like, make it so. And so they did. They went and they cut the door and put it through and they rebuilt the door and that safe slid in. And then we had to then a month later, Disney was the first cruise line that I knew that paid in checks. Right. So you, they they wrote checks to all of their crew members. And so, really? yeah, what? That's weird. Because they. Oh. It was also the first cruise line that I knew of that that installed time clocks. So oh, yeah. all yeah. crew members checked yeah. or like swiped in and swiped like, out for time clocks for recording yeah. reporting reasons for ILO 180 right. and all the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So to ensure that people got paid correctly, it was all done through a check. Well, 60 to 70% of the people would cash their check immediately. They like get their check and they'd go to the purser and they would pay them out in cash. Right. So when we did the crossing on the wonder, we had to do 
two payrolls coming over. So I had to have like $1.6 million in cash sent to me from Orlando. And it stayed in these two <laughs> armored cars at the armored car company. The night before we were supposed to bring it on, Shannon Spera, who was there working yeah. with me in accounting, they brought in these two armored car trucks into the shipyard, into where our office was. This 22-year-old lieutenant comes in with his gun drawn because he had no idea what was in the bags, but he knew there were six large bags of cash. And he was like, and we had to count it. So they brought it in. I kicked everyone out of the office because the guy stood outside my office with his gun drawn the whole time. <laughs> and so, and well, I was like, the, this guy's going to get nervous and shoot somebody. We count all the money and Shannon and I, it took like two or three hours and Shannon and I are trying to convince ourselves. I'm like, we could take those hundreds and go to Liechtenstein and actually get out of here. Um, but it wouldn't be enough to live. So we probably, nah, let's not do it. Um, so then we take all that money. And then the night before we left, we bring the two armored cars in the night before, like three o'clock in the morning. Two guys run up there, throw it into the safe, spin the dial, and all the money was on the safe, on the ship. I mean, you were talking about places and meeting people. And also, I never thought in a million years that I would visit, what is it, Libertyville, Iowa? Libertyville, <laughs> Iowa. Yeah. Libertyville, Iowa. So so um, Eric was one of the troopers that came to our wedding, which is in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. Eric, his duty for the wedding, or actually, as we called it, the sweating, because there yeah. was in, it was in July and there was no air conditioning in the church. And Eric's duty in the wedding was he had to push the button on the tape recorder to play the wedding march. Is that what I did? That was I that was, was your duty. I see. I don't remember because I was so hungover. No, no, it was a tape recorder. It was oh a full God. on cassette yeah. tape. We had we paid a lot of money for our wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were so thankful that you came and Webster came and kudos to you for fun. making that hike. It was a blast. Tell us when uh, you and Diane met. Oh, okay. I, as Eric said, I was one of like the first relief purser that had come on to the Majesty. And Mike Webster was there and a couple of other folks that were there. And when I was on the Nordic Empress, I lived with youth, count youth counselors. There was a purser, a shared purser youth counselor room. So I knew some of the youth counselors uh, from there. That's how I met Penny and some of the other folks that were there. And so when I was coming to the Majesty, friends of mine we're telling Diane, you can tell the part of the story. They just said, oh, this purser's coming from the Nordic Empress and he's cute. You might like him. Um, <laughs> we should introduce you or, you know, something like that. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, maybe. The day he signed on, of course, had um, front desk duty right away. and Because I knew where everything was on the Majesty on my yeah. first day. <laughs> yeah. So we walked through the lobby so they could point him out. And I was like, yeah, he's not my type. It's okay. <laughs> and, and, so it was pretty much an uphill climb right from the first yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> but then at some hall party, we started talking, ended up talking all night. First date on Seven Mile Beach. Yep. In Green Cayman. Oh, wow. yeah. And then just kind of went from there. Dated for a, a really quick five years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we could keep talking for hours and I would love to keep this going, but Scott's got to edit this down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need about 15 good tight minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's not so even no, funny because that's dead no. serious. I've got to cut an hour I'm, off of this. <laughs> I'm always like, Scott, 45 minutes. 45 minutes. And he's like, what? I have like an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. So, so we do have to wrap it up. I mean, it's been great talking to you and thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. 
And hopefully, Diane, will have you on soon. Okay, we'll see. Awesome. Bye for now. Bye for now. Ciao. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks, right, Rob. Bye-bye. I didn't know he was such a wheel. He's like a, he's a sharp guy. Well, Um, but I didn't know he was just running all the stuff. I didn't realize he had gotten so up there. High uh, high up. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like bits and pieces. Like I didn't know he had gone on as hotel director or I just don't remember that part. I remember he was an operations manager for a ship. I think it's funny how, how well you, how well you can remember people when they have hair. (laughs) (laughs) you know what's really funny when he put that picture up i didn't have my glasses on and i couldn't tell that that was him i I know i was like who's the guy that that guy over there is familiar he's like oh that's rob and i was like oh I, I know exactly who you were. <laughs> hey everyone, the ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you'd like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at My Ship story podcast at yahoo.com that's my ship story podcast at yahoo.com goodbye for now and be sure to tune in next week same time as we'll have a new podcast every monday bon voyage